Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cincinnati Fan Talk. It's your boy LP here with you. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, you can catch up with us and interact with us on the um socials. That's Twitter, that's Cincy underscore fan talk, C-I-N-C-Y underscore fan talk. You can go ahead and catch up with us, talk with us about pretty much whatever you feel like talking about. And thank you for catching up with us again on day number whatever this is of the quarantine for us it's self-imposed because i mean up here in the parker household i wouldn't say we don't mind just kicking it here but it be being out and about and getting coughed on and risking all type of stuff out here man it's to me, it's just craziness going on out there. Like, it's wild. Like, and that's what I'm going to basically talk about today. Like, to me, it's just utter craziness. I see it as selfishness. I talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about it again this week, but I'm going to kind of spin it a little bit. Like, it's a lot of people out here that's... They talking about, you know, getting the economy going back up again and, you know, talking about getting sports going back up again. And I just saw that, you know, they trying to get the get MLB going back up, you know, talking about it getting going back up in May and, you know, maybe major maybe um basketball following suit and to me, this just me personally. I feel like this is this is why America won't see sports for for a while. It's because we're America. And this is what we do in America. We put the fact that we're Americans and we will prevail and we will overcome because we're American over everything else. And we won't do the bare necessities we won't do the bare minimum to get us out of where we are so you take south korea for instance they're about to play baseball you know april 20th they getting it kicked off you know they're gonna play some preseason games you know play some exhibition games and then they're gonna play baseball but in south korea they sacrificed in order to play baseball. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, in South Korea, you know, you know, they're communist and they're used to giving up, you know, freedoms because that's who they are. In America, we wouldn't go for that because this is America. But we're not talking about North Korea. We're talking about South Korea. Democratic. They decided in South Korea, we don't want to take away basic liberties. So what they did was they made sure that they had an abundance of testing for everybody, not just the baseball players, but everybody. They made it a public health issue. So on a basic South Korean person's cell phone, 
you look at your cell phone in South Korea, up pops testing sites. So you can get tested. Testing is prevalent. Hand sanitizers, hand sanitizing, prevalent is everywhere. This is stuff that's commonplace. Using mask, commonplace. Testing your temperature, commonplace before you go in the buildings. All of this stuff is commonplace. So all of this stuff was stuff that everybody did before they thought about baseball. Quarantines, commonplace before they thought about baseball. You think about all that and you think about all the precautions that they're taking now to play baseball in South Korea. If anybody from the person who's the number one pitcher on the team to the custodian, to the accountant of the team, if anybody tests positive, they're shutting the league down for 14 days. Now, let's look at MLB's plan. You're going to take 30 teams, stick them in one city. Bad idea from the start. And then, in a country where testing is not prevalent, not prevalent in this country, we're going to mass test baseball players. We're making a bad idea. And we're making it even worse. And then to top it all off. If somebody tests positive. We're not going to shut the lead now. But instead. What we're going to do is. We're going to expand the rosters. Now think about it. You have nine players on a team. Right? So you have nine players on a team. And then those rosters. You might have like. You know, you might have about 24, 25 players on the team. So you're expanding the roster to what, like 40 players on each team? A horrible idea. In America, we just have this thing where we automatically think that if we're Americans, we need baseball. We need football. We need basketball. We need these things in order to get through what we're going through. But really, what we need is we need restraint. What really needs to happen is we need to buckle down. We need testing and we need to stay away from each other. And we need to get through what we're going through now in order to have baseball, in order to have football, in order to have basketball. Like we need self-sacrifice now in order to have these things that we want later. We can't have both. And that's what we don't understand as Americans. So for me, this is me personally, that's why I feel like we're not going to have sports for the foreseeable future. I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to try to start the sports too early and are going to get shut down. I don't see football happening because... We're going to try to start it too early, and then it's going to get shut down. I mean, think about football. I mean, college football is out the window. I mean, in order to have college football, you need college players. 
the college football players, they aren't even on campus right now. My daughter goes to Ohio State. She can't even have summer classes. Their summer classes are going to be virtual. So all of the college players for Ohio State, they're not going to be in class. They're not going to be in school. They're going to be at home. So the soon as they're getting to school is August. I mean, the game starts in August. I mean, and you can't have fans. Your college fans are in college. I mean, I feel like the college game is going to be out of the window. And Kirk Herbstreet, I feel like he saw this before a whole lot of other people did. I just feel like it's going to be really tough to have sports seasons just based on the fact that Americans have shown throughout history that we're not really willing to sacrifice. I mean, not since like the 1940s, <laughs> you know, World War Two, when, you know, you saw people in history like rationing and sacrificing them. But nowadays, people aren't sacrificing. You can see that now, like, People won't even sacrifice going to church. <laughs> people won't even sacrifice going to like a party in downtown Cincinnati. You see people like on YouTube posting at parties. We saw the ignorant guy out there and quiet as it's kept. Those people that are sneaking off the church, they're just as ignorant. I mean, they are. They're put in the exact same box. People don't want to do that, but they are. They're in the same box. I mean, forget the color of the skin. They're all endangering us. No matter what they look like, no matter what they're talking about, no matter what their hair looks like, they're all endangering us. So let's not get it twisted. We won't even sacrifice for that. So what makes you think that we're willing to like sacrifice test or sacrifice standing doors? long enough to get to May or June where we can actually see a baseball game. I mean, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Like, other countries have us beat on the discipline thing. They just do. South Korea, they're, they just have the discipline to be like, look, we're going to stay indoors. And their government, they have their back. They're testing the average citizen. They're putting the average citizen above their athletes. And here, it's the exact opposite. I mean, how does it look for an entire baseball league or an entire basketball league to have all of their athletes get tested while the average Joe who's working at Kroger who deserves to have all of their staff get testing. They're sitting here working every day, interacting with people getting coughed on every day, and they're not getting tested. But they have to go home and watch a basketball game or a baseball game, and they've all been tested like four times before they got to play. I mean, it's worse than ridiculous. Like, in what world would that happen? Like, how tone deaf will Rob Manfred have to be in order for that to happen? At least Adam Silver gets it. He's like, look, in order for us to play, one, rapid testing needs to happen. And two, there's no way that we're going to be able to play without there being 
enough tests for everybody. He's already said that. He shut down his league when one person tested positive for coronavirus. He did that quickly, and everybody followed suit. I feel like MLB is just dropping the ball. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time they dropped the ball on something like this. So, I mean, look at the Houston Astros. I mean, <laughs> there's just nothing but them dropping the ball all over the place when it comes to the Houston Astros. So, I mean, when you really think about it, why wouldn't they be just as tone deaf on something like this? The only problem is on this, this is not only tone deaf, but this is like public health deaf. So I feel like they need to check themselves. And we as a country, we really need to prioritize what's important. I mean, how could watching a baseball game be more important than your public health? I mean, it's like I said, it's worse than ridiculous. Um, we'll be right back. Cincinnati fan talk. Go ahead and pay some quick bills. We'll be right back. Yo, we back here with Cincinnati Fan Talk. As always, catch us on Twitter, catch us on that social. That's Cincy underscore Fan Talk, C-I-N-C-Y underscore Fan Talk. Um, as far as my last segment go, um, basically, the only thing I was really saying is I'm I'm down with sports. Like, I'm definitely ready for sports. I'm tired of seeing like the 1985 Eastern Conference semifinals on my television between like two teams that I definitely forgot about and I was like I'm big on like basketball and I forgot about those two teams so I'm definitely ready to see like live sports but I just want to see it done the right way. I want to see it brought back safely. I don't want to see, like, a million tests being given to athletes when we need those tests for, like, our communities. So, I mean, I just want to see it done correctly. I want to see the athletes getting taken care of. Like, I don't want to see them, like, being brought into unsafe conditions when they can be at home with their families. I mean, I just want to see it brought back safe. I don't want to see them put in harm's way when we can't see them live. Like, we can't go to a sporting event. So if it's not safe for us to go, why would we have them there playing? If it's not safe for us to watch live in the event, why are we having them play? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I just see it as something that's, Selfish, Like, we need to get through these times in the way we're doing it now, in our homes, just like the athletes do in their homes. I mean, that's just the way I see it. Um, And you don't have to agree. I mean, I'm definitely down for a dialogue. I mean, maybe somebody can tell me something I didn't really think of, and we can kind of, like, talk about it that way. So I would like to hear it differently. So, I mean, that's just the way I see it. I've been watching, been trying to watch a lot of classic sports. Um, 
I've been watching a lot of movies instead because I can't really do classic sports. Like I was saying before, it's hard for me to sit down and watch the 1994 Western Conference semifinals. Like, unless it's like, unless it was like a humongous moment, I can't really sit down and watch it. And lately, that's what's been airing. Like, I can't, I just can't do it. Like, for instance, I can sit down and watch Kobe's 81-point performance against the Toronto Raptors. I can watch that. It's historic. Like, it's a difference between a historic performance and just, like, an old game. I feel like there's been, like, a big liberty. There's been, like, a lot of liberties taken with the word classic. Nowadays, we're really quick to say, oh, this is going to be a classic when it was just a good game. Like, I swear, the ACC Network showed Notre Dame played Toledo. That's just a game. Like, it went to overtime. The only people that wanted to see that game were people that like Toledo and people that like Notre Dame. And that's no disrespect to either one of those fan bases. It's just that I have nothing invested in that. Quick channel change. I mean, unless you happen to have money on that game that day, and if you took the over and they didn't hit it, why are you watching that game? It makes no sense to me. Like, I feel like the Big Ten Network, the Big Ten Network, I feel like they do it right because they say Purdue football classic. They telling you flat out, this is a Purdue football classic. If you're a Purdue fan, sit back, relax, Get some popcorn. You are going to like this game. If you're not a Purdue fan, keep it moving. I feel like they do it the right way. The Pac-12 Network, they do it the right way. Pac-12 Classic. They're putting themselves in a demographic. This is our classic game. Like when they're showing like Ohio State Classics, I'll watch some of those. Honestly, I can't watch most of those. Because most of those, I'm like, eh, I know what's about to happen. It was a good game, but for the most part, I know the outcome. It was big then. I don't really care about it now, with a couple of exceptions. Show me the Ohio State-Miami game, the Fiesta Bowl National Championship. I'm watching that entire game from start to finish. Like, you can say whatever, Ohio State, luck eyes, I don't care. National champs. You can call it lucky, whatever. National champs. We got that one. So, yeah. Um, hey, I'm an Ohio State grad. That's my team. So, we'll take that one. I'm watching that game. Um, Kansas and Syracuse, they showed that national um, champ game. I was kind of interested to see Hakeem Warwick. Um, kind of interested to see Melo. Kirk Heinrich was on the court. I mean, it was a little interesting. I couldn't watch the whole game. I mean, it didn't hold my interest. For the most part, it has to be like a classic, classic performance. Even now, even though there's like no live stuff going on, I really just cannot sit back and watch a game that's deemed quote-unquote classic. 
I don't know how people can just sit back and live tweet like, hey, guess what's going to happen next? Like, <laughs> that's tough for me to do. Like, I mean, for me, I have to be in the moment. Like, it has to be live. There needs to be drama. There needs to be suspense. Or it had to be a huge game. 2006 Rose Bowl, Texas, USC. I get that. That was historic. That was one of the best games ever. And I would like to have known the different perspectives. Like when Mac Brown was talking about, you know, what happened, what they were talking about at halftime. I, I like to read that on Twitter. Like, that was good stuff. I get that. So for me, when we say when we say classic, I need to see classic for the upper echelon type games. That's what I need to see it on. It just seems to me like nowadays we're throwing classic on everything. If a game goes two overtimes, it's automatically classic. Not necessarily. For me, classic involves extremely high stakes classic involves great moments i mean a classic game for me me personally sweet 16 kansas state xavier a lot of people don't talk about that being a classic game in tournament history that was a classic game jacob pullin to Holloway, that was a classic game. A lot of people don't talk about that game, but for the stakes that it was in, for the moments that it produced, it was a classic game. I would have loved to have seen that, you know, in this round of tournament, seeing as though there was no tournament that had been played. I mean, I was surprised it didn't air, but... I mean, maybe I'll hit YouTube and catch it, but that's what makes it hard for me to watch a lot of the quote-unquote classic stuff they're showing now. Um, There is a lot of boxing coming up, though. Definitely going to catch that. That's what we call classic. Um, Ali Frazier, um, the Tyson fights, classic stuff. Definitely, definitely, definitely catch that. When we talk classic... That's what we're talking about. The best part about that stuff, that's when boxing actually used to come on, like, network television. Like, not the Tyson stuff, though. (laughs) Starting with Tyson and stuff like that, you had to pay for that. Back in the day, boxing used to actually come on primetime television. That's what my uncles tell me. That's what they say. Back in my day, back when I was coming up, you had to pay for that. That stuff was pay-per-view. That's the way it is now. So I'll talk to my unks about that, (laughs) see if they're telling me the truth or not. So pay a couple more bills, let Anchor do their job. Definitely get that Anchor app. It makes this whole thing so much easier, by the way. And we'll be right back. Cincinnati Fan Talk. Catch you in a second.
Hey, hey, welcome back to Cincinnati Fan Talk. Catch us on Twitter. That's C-I-N-C-Y underscore Fan Talk. Make sure you catch us on there. Socialize with us. Talk about the non-sports going on. Um, Maybe one day talk to us about the sports that's going on. Um, If you haven't heard, HBO has given up all of their stuff for F-R-E-E. That's right. It is for free. Um, I know a lot of people have cut the cord. So maybe you gave up HBO a long time ago. So if you're tired of watching the classic stuff, um, if you're tired of watching the old UFC, tired of watching the old school um, basketball, um, you might want to get up on that. You might want to start watching some HBO. Um, I know you've been checking out The Sopranos. I know you've seen that before. Um, I'm a wirehead myself. Um, I've seen every single episode of The Wire about... 57 times so that's definitely my thing me personally i never let go of the cable because honestly i can't give up the sports and i'm too lazy to go hunting for like other channels and all of that stuff so i never let loose of the cable thought about it a whole lot definitely sick of paying this much for cable but hey been doing it so if you haven't had HBO for a long time or you never had it um, and you thinking about copping the free HBO because it's out there, um, I got three shows for you. They like, some would say, under the radar shows, but they three shows that I've caught on to and I've watched, I would say a lot. Um, this first show, i I would say I've watched a lot recently. My wife kind of put me onto it. The other two shows, they kind of like my sneak picks. So the first show, um, the 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 ladies like it a lot. Um, I just kind of caught hold on to it. It's called Insecure. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a sneak pick nowadays because Issa Rae is blowing up. But me personally, um, I thought it was more of like a, a chick thing because... I just thought it was for the ladies. Um, called my wife watching it a couple of times. So I'm like, you know, I'll just go ahead and give it a watch. Honestly, I've been hooked. So it's basically like a couple of ladies in their mid-20s trying to navigate L.A., but it got like a whole lot of different layers to it. Like a couple of black women trying to navigate things, but it's a lot of different layers in no matter what race you are, I feel like you can really relate to it. Um, I feel like it's from a female perspective, but you got to kind of look a little bit deeper. And if you do, it's more it's more than the female thing. I kind of put it like that. Um, season three is coming on Sunday, the first, the first episode of season three. Um, if I were you and you haven't seen a single episode... I would definitely catch season one. Um, it's ridiculously funny. Um, hilarious to me. But it has like some scenes that kind of make you really think. So that's my first show. The second show, um, I was surprised they canceled it. Um, it was really good. And it's kind of dark funny. Um, the show is called Hung. Um, it only lasted three seasons. And a lot of my friends got on me. And they're like, you watch that show? I'm like, you got to watch it. Like, you got to watch it 
to see how funny it is. It's kind of dark and like the content is kind of strange. But once you watch it, you can appreciate like how funny it is. It's just kind of weird. So it's this guy like he was kind of like he was kind of like the man. He was like this basketball coach and he lost his job and he has like these he has these two kids and they're twins. So he lost his job and well he didn't well he was about to lose his job for the most part. And then he ended up getting a divorce and then he um pretty much lost most of his house in a fire. So he ends up taking this job as a prostitute after he goes to this <laughs> self-help like class. And from there, like, it takes a turn because he realizes he has a, let's call it a gift. <laughs> we'll put it like that. He finds out he has a gift. And it is very well written. And, like, the the lead actor, Thomas Jane, um, he was kind of in the running for a lot of, like, you know, awards and whatnot. But they cut it short after three seasons. Um, it... It's a it's a surprisingly funny show, and it's one of those shows as you kind of look at like, I didn't think it would be as good as it is because of what the content is about. Like it just kind of surprises you. Like it's one of those underrated good shows. HBO is really good at doing that. So that's my second show, and the third show, I'm just surprised. Like nobody's. It seems like so many people haven't seen it. Like it. It just surprises me. Like, every time I talk to people, they tell me, like, what are you talking about? Like, like LP, what? Huh? So this show is called Treme. Um, David Simon, like, the guy that that wrote and, like, produced The Wire, well, he created The Wire. He also created Treme. So it's set in New Orleans, and it's set post-Katrina. So after Hurricane Katrina is when... Treme is set. So Treme, if you don't know, is a neighborhood in New Orleans. And the characters in this show are from, well, mostly from this neighborhood. And pretty much what the wire covered, for the most part, is what Treme covers. It covers the education system in New Orleans. It covers crime. Like it kind of covers it covers like the Indian population in New Orleans. I mean, it it just gets so deep. Like, and the music is. I mean, as you would expect. I mean, the music is, is, is just awesome. But it just speaks to like the level of like what's so great about New Orleans, and then on the other hand, like. There's just some elements of New Orleans to kind of make it kind of rough. And David Simon did a great job of covering everything. Like, he didn't leave a stone unturned. So I would definitely recommend that you catch that show. So those would be my three picks. Like, those would be the three picks that I would say that you catch on HBO. And what we're going to do is go ahead and head out. So that's going to be my time for this week. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, make sure you check us out next week. We'll be here about the same time, Tuesday nights. Um, until then, make sure you check us out next week at Cincinnati Fan Talk. Um, it's LP, and we are out. Catch you next week.